totally went out on me. Oh. I was on the plane coming back, and like all of a sudden, like I couldn't hear anything. Well, that, that, and I changed my headphones out, and they worked. And I was like, "Damn it, my good headphones you can't hear my uh, luck." <laughs> <laughs> all right, ready? Ready? Let's get this underway. Yeah. I got my kid here, so I'm trying to make sure he's as calm as possible. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. <laughs> That would be the wrong that's, that's not thing. It. Yeah, let's not let's not use that one. I thought I opened up the right. Oh well. Okay, hold on. All right, here we go. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f- the prom queen. Welcome to the best soccer show. The best. Soccer show in the whole world. Here we go. Best soccer show. Backheel.com. Jason Davis and Jared Dubois. We are doing it in the dark on Thanksgiving week. Remember when you were in your 20s and this was the week where like all the old homies came home? Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, so follow somebody on Twitter uh, who brought that up. Um, it was not only when you were in your 20s. Or, or it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely like in your twenties that when you had the re, I still think it happens though. Like I still think people in their thirties do it. People in their forties do it. You, you get the grandparents to watch the kids and you slip away and you hit the local, the local bar and it's, it, it's, it's reunion central, right? It's everybody's, everybody's come yeah, back. Yeah. I guess I don't get to really participate in that because like I still, I bought a house a you block didn't leave. away from where I grew up. <laughs> well, yeah, a block away from where I grew up. You didn't leave. Now I didn't leave the general. Yeah, not for college, but I, mean, I, didn't, I, didn't, leave. I didn't leave the general area. Yeah. It definitely happened during college. I didn't leave the general area. I'm still, but I also don't have the deep connections to my home area, my hometown, my school that I graduated from. It's just not real deep. And plus, you know what? You know what I think has thrown that stuff off a little bit. I think fa- I think Facebook has changed that dynamic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because it used to be you didn't know what your boy was doing. Your old your boy from high school. You maybe not haven't talked to him in like five or six or eight years. He's off doing something else. Maybe you heard he's climbing mountains in Colorado and 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 doing no, that. Herb. This was the week you see your ex girlfriend out with another dude. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, probably. I remember. You know, I remember some just. Oh yeah, what's up? And and like the I remember struggling for names a bit. <laughs> oh yeah, like I know that face. <laughs> I know who that guy, guy is. I think who's that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I this it's is, kind of the same way as when you go to MLS Cup. It is a little bit like that. Like oh, I know that dude. I follow him on Twitter. I think what's his name? <laughs> I mean, I think at this point I've been around long enough that I know. Most of the old heads, most of the people who had been around for five or six or, or eight years, the the people who are new, the, the I'll never know the new people. I just never, I will never, never will. I'll never remember their names. Not because they're not important. You say Sorry. the new people. What you really mean is the little people. No, I don't mean little. I mean younger than me. Because everybody's younger. Than, Eddie, I bet you Eddie in Brooklyn's younger than both of us. Eddie in Brooklyn, you're on the air. I'm not that much younger, man. I'm turning 30 in like three hours. That's Yeah, that's, that's, that's um, pretty young. eight years younger. I'll be 39 in like two months. I turned 36 in October, so I got six years on you. That, that's a healthy... That's a, If I was out of high school before you started high school, then you're young, Eddie. We'll we'll share a decade for like one year. That's right. That's right. What's on your mind? What's on your mind, Eddie? I don't know. Are we talking about pie still? Or no, we haven't started. We, a new topic? I haven't broached the pie. I want to get to pie. But you have we, pie in Costa Rica? Well, I mean, I live in Brooklyn, so you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't live like in a treehouse somewhere in San Jose. Oh man, that's, no, that's I just, just no, I don't know what the culture is down there. Do you, like, you grew up with pie if you live in Costa Rica. Volumes. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like American pie, but it's, you know, I, I like, I, I flavor some. I, I, oh, I no Jason Biggs. Okay. You, you have some pie. Okay. I mean, look, I, I bet you, I bet you live in, I bet you some, some good spots to get some homemade pie in Brooklyn. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, especially like if you go to like, the Italian neighborhood. Yeah. Which is like, uh, you know, a whole bunch of them out here. Well, what's the, um, what's the go, what's your, cause this is what, this is the way I was going to get into pie. Well, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask Eddie about the, the reunion thing in a second, Jerry, but, I was going to get into pie by asking what your go-to pie is. I'm, I've always been like, I've had this back and forth. I like pumpkin pie, but too much is, I, I'm not, I'm not down with too much. I need yeah, so, not a fan. I need not something, I need something else, but I don't, I'm not in love with apple pie. I'm, I'm first love. of all, I'm so cake before pie. So in the cake camp. But if I, I eat apple, if I eat pie, it's pretty much only apple pie. Okay, maybe I'm just not. Maybe I'm just not a sweets enough, uh, enough of a sweets person to have a strong opinion about this. But like, I I can get down with cherry pie occasionally, or like, mm. a, you know what I like? I like a cobbler. I don't, uh, maybe not a pie. Maybe a cobbler, Jared. So you just love warrant, <laughs> Eddie? What's your what's your pie? I'm a lemon meringue pie kind of guy. Okay. Like I feel like sometimes American pie is too bland. Yeah, okay, like I can see that. It, if, if you don't get the right kind of uh, ingredients, it kind of feels like you're just eating cardboard. Okay. So I, I, I kind of, I kind of like the sweetness of the, of the lemon meringue. I'm, I'm, I have a sweet tooth, so it has to be, it has to be like really, really sweet. And I feel like that's the one pie that really brings that Okay, out. well, I mean, if we're going to go with anything that has a crust, which, I mean, obviously there's a definition of pie and cake, Jared. You said you're a cake guy. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not like a, I'm not like a spongy cake, like a cake out of a box kind of guy, or even if you make it from scratch. That's not like a chocolate mm. cake, a yellow cake. That's not me. But cheesecake, which I'm not even sure ca- yeah. counts as. Oh, are you? Oh, that's right, the cheese thing. I forgot about the cheese thing. <laughs> oh, I'm not a, a fan. Such a yeah, it, it, I, I don't do anything with like heavy cream. Oh my god, cheesecake is like cheesecake came down from the heavens. It, mi- it might as well I mean, be ranch dressing in a crust. And I live in Brooklyn, where where they sent people to walk over to cheese to get us some cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like cheesecake is a tool. Cheesecake is the well, truth. I, I know. I know. Eddie says he likes things sweet, but your team must have left you sour this weekend, Eddie. What's, what's going on with your team, man? Are you in that? Uh, I, I I forget everything Jesse Marsh did for me for the last eight months, and I, I marsh out. Wait, there are people like that. I've seen some people out there like oh, pissed off at Jesse Marsh. Well, look, you could argue he got it wrong a little bit, but I don't think I don't think he went as far. I mean, remember Eddie was was the one saying that that Pe- Pecky screwed up the playoffs, and, and not that he deserved to lose his job, but you could you could sort of justify it on on those mistakes. I don't think Jesse Marsh made those mistakes, but Eddie, I think they didn't play overly. They didn't play terribly. Dax, Dax McCarty played terribly. Yeah, he had a bad game. They didn't play terribly. They just got beat by a couple of moments, and and I do think that there is n- there is no excuse for nine seconds, none. No, I mean you can kind of think about the, the two guys who were involved in that play and how they were gone from international. Like that that whole international break, like when it happened, I'm like, this is really going to ruin our momentum. One, um, but just to go back a little bit with, with the Jesse Marsh thing, Pecky, not only did he mess up in the playoffs, he messed up. Uh, U.S. Open Cup, and he messed up CCL. Okay. Je- Jesse Marsh didn't necessarily do that. He went yep. for it and Open Cup, and if not for some fluke, you know, 120 minutes against Philadelphia, maybe we're in the uh, MLS Cup final. But beyond that, you know, you get beat nine seconds. I don't think necessarily, maybe you could put that on Jesse if he wasn't prepared for the long ball, given how Columbus like to play it in the back, and maybe he didn't expect them to change their tactics. But either way, you kind of feel like Matt Diaz and, and, and Kamal Lawrence have to kind of make a play on that. Yeah. And then uh, the, the second goal again. Jax had a horrible game, and 
It has yeah, very rare for him. Can't be perfect. Can't be perfect for thirty-seven, thirty-eight weeks. It, it, it doesn't do away what's been going on. You're yeah. still going to go home. It's still twenty-seven thousand loud New Yorkers going to be in that in that stadium. You, they're not. They're not out of it. No, right no, no. They're not. not no, no, out. no, at all, Eddie. But you you talked about the international break in, but. Eddie, this is nine seconds. This is the first nine seconds. This isn't the last nine seconds of the game. If it's the last nine seconds of the game, I'm talking about the international game and the break and having to travel. This is the first nine seconds. No, I I, I get that. I get that. And with the with the whole being tired and all that, but you also have to think about getting back into the frame. It's like being back on an MLS field. Like after doing all that, now like all right, damn, I'm back here. I'm back in the playoffs. And before you kind of get a chance to get your feet settled in, damn, you're down one nothing. You know, I, I kind of feel like yeah. if 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 maybe if it would have been the ninth minute, it would have been different. But you know, it's nine seconds in. You kind of feel like maybe they didn't get a chance to realize yeah. that they're back in this moment. Yeah. All right, Eddie. Let me before I let because I got uh, Roberto calling in. Before I let you go, uh, do you do you? I, I mean, I, I'm guessing you grew up in New York. I don't know if you grew up in the neighborhood you live in. But we're talking about the Thanksgiving reunion. Do you, does that does that hit for you anymore? I know you're a family man these days. Reunion, like just inviting a bunch of people over, like no, like and- like like for what, like when everybody comes back to their hometown and st- runs into each other at the bar on is it Wednesday or Thursday, Jared? When does that usually happen? Wednesday, I think, is the night. Usually Wednesday night, right? Because you yeah. don't have the family obligations yet. So Wednesday night, you go and hit your local bar, or whatever, and you run into like everybody from high school. Does that happen to you? Um. No, and thankfully, because a lot of people went to high school, which was stupid. Yeah, so. <laughs> Eddie, my man, I appreciate the call, dude. You got anything else? All right. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, Have I a good appreciate night. it. All right, let's uh, let's go to, to Roberto on the line. What's up, Roberto? Hey guys, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. By the way, Jared, let, let's just make it clear when we talk when we talk about pie. We're talking about the sweet stuff, okay? Look, I may not be a big sweets guy, but I recognize. Yeah, you're not gonna catch me with a savory a, pie. There's no savory pie. Well, okay, here, how, how about this? I'm gonna make it clear, okay? No savory pies. Uh, although I can do a chicken pot pie kind of thing. The closest I come to eating a savory pie is a pizza roll. Okay, you know what I? You know where the closest I come is empanadas. Mm. I will kill. I will oh, murder. I don't some empanadas. consider that pie, but you are right. Empanadas no, it, for days. They are like handheld. They're almost handheld. Why don't pies. I have empanadas nearby me at all times? <laughs> why, why is there not an empanada drive-through? Oh Chain. my god. There's so this is a spot in downtown DC. Like a uh, bunch of bars whatever. You come out late night and DC is one of those uh th- those uh 3 o'clock close situations. So we're talking uh-huh. about real late people real deep into their vodka tonics or whatever. And there's this place. It's it's Julia's empanada stand and we're talking line on top of line, on top of line, people just buying. You see, bananas. in California, the the taco, the taco shop has taken that spot, you know. Yeah. But I don't get me wrong. I love, I love me stuff. Two in the morning taco shop in yeah. Southern California is not much better, <laughs> but. I think it's it's cornered the market and forced the uh, mom and pop empanada shop out the dough. Yeah, we need some. I empanadas. need an empanada shop. Roberto, how do you feel about empanadas, my friend? <laughs> Jared, go get an empanada right now just because of this. There you go. There you go. What, I'm, what's I'm eating pizza. It's not as good. Roberto, but. what's on your mind? Um, yeah. Um, firstly, I do want to mention um, what you said yesterday on Talking Morning, Jason, and I want to see Jared's opinion. It's about um, the, possible, uh, the possibility of Columbus versus Portland in the final and how the TV market viewing audience won't be as big as like a New York and Dallas. Um, so I just want I'm, your opinion I, on it. I think I've gotten to the point with MLS and my security with the league that 
I think, well, I understand the numbers game. I totally get it. I get it from a, sp- a sponsor standpoint. I get it from a legitimacy of the league standpoint. At the end of the day, though, I'd rather half the audience see a better product and see two teams playing really well than mm-hmm. an t- audience twice the size seeing an inferior product. And I'm not saying New York, mm-hmm. Dallas would be a technically a, an inferior product. I'm just saying I'm not concerned Right. With no, I that you. aspect. I, I just want the two best teams to be there. Yeah. And hopefully it's two teams that play the most attractive game in the world. And by mind. the way, I, I, look, I, I threw that out because this is, still, this is a league that still needs those numbers to be, to, you know, to justify growth and to talk about making more money in the future and, and to get relevancy in the marketplace and all that stuff we don't really want to talk about. And yet, because of the way MLS has chosen to run things now and because we're talking about a Sunday final, it might not matter. I mean, it doesn't. It might not matter if you got your New York in it or not. People aren't going to watch because that's just the ratings. I are, mean, the and we're being honest bad. here. The 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 Dallas New York rating is going to be a bigger insignificant number than the other one. I mean, they're both going to be insignificant numbers, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I just saw the ratings today for the conference. People, final people don't watch MLS soccer. Not, so, not, I mean, I wish they did. Su- yeah, certainly not on Sunday. And, and I've seen, like, yeah, you know, I've seen some people kind of going off on the league for their choice to put the the games on Sunday. I, again, I don't know how much of a say they had versus how much the the, the broadcast partners had or, or whatever. But the, the, we're talking about some pretty bad ratings right now. And again, I don't know that that means MLS is going down the tubes or nobody cares or it's it, it's it's never going to make it. But it definitely doesn't make you feel good about where things are right now, Roberto. Which is unfortunate because these are fantastic playoffs going on right now. And yeah. I think Fox Fox has done an extremely good job with their MLS coverage over the course of the season, including this postseason. ESPN is still bringing it. I Actually, I'm at the point now where I prefer Fox's coverage yeah. than ESPN's coverage. I, I like the... Strong Alexi uh, yeah. uh, tandem more than I like the uh, Adrian Healy Taylor Taylor Twelman uh, uh, tandem, and I also like the 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 uh, the studio coverage that Fox does a lot more. Their panel, yeah. I like that. I, I I find it more engaging, and I, for some reason, and I don't think I would have said that. I still think when it comes to the big the big brass ring of the World Cup, I think ESPN will still would do better job than Fox. But they did a good job of the World Cup, and at this point, I feel kind of safe for them. I just want, I, I, it, it's just, uh, it's a good thing we negotiated what a seven year TV deal because right eight, now yeah. it's, it's giving the MLS a time, a space to, yeah, uh, but I think, to- I think that they were aware of what they were doing. You know, they, they picked out Sunday during the regular season. And yeah, when you didn't have the NFL to go up against, it was easier to carve out some, some numbers. I think they knew that they were going to make, that this was going to be a tough road. I, I think they always knew that whether or not that means, and, and look, they are locked in for eight years. Whether or not that means that the next contract's going to suck because they had 215,000 people watching a playoff game, I don't know. But again, it doesn't make you feel good. Roberto, you got anything else? Yeah, yeah, no. I just want to mention that while this, while, um, people don't really rate Columbus as big as like any other big teams in MLS, you have to realize this, Ty Kamara is the top goal scorer in MLS this season. And I think that would attract viewers because you're viewing the best of the best in the league. For a final, I also think that we're approaching this the wrong way at this point. Soccer, MLS in 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 the United States might be the first sport, the first American sport that doesn't need the American audience. I mean, what I really measure MLS by right now is all the contracts that they're negotiating around the world, which make up for a lot of what they're missing domestically. You're absolutely right to mention this, and I keep forgetting to. And I see, you know, I I see Dunny doing this all the time, sort of putting it out there. Hey, don't sleep on. 
MLS getting their getting their product out around the world. No, they, we're not talking about you know a potential three hundred million dollars, three hundred million people watching the, the the product. Of course, that would never happen. But we're not talking about a market that size. But you are talking about you know grabbing grabbing money, grabbing relevance outside of the U.S. That's going to to start to 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 press inward eventually. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. It doesn't make up for the fact that they have two hundred fifteen thousand people watching a playoff game that should have more, but it does give you a sense that the strategy is not as straightforward as it might be for for another sport. And if if that number was 500,000, would you feel much better about it than the 215 or 250? Oh yeah, absolutely. And last year it was 500,000. And and who's to say that with those global contracts it isn't 500,000? Yeah, who's to no, say with those contracts around the world sure. they may be getting 500,000 viewers sure. whereas the NBA how much are they really getting right. watched and, overseas and, and look I mean it's a question of whether or not those those numbers overseas matter as much and and obviously you have NBC uh, or sorry Fox and ESPN here paying the the money Univision as well um overseas those those contracts are coming from other companies uh, other con- uh, yeah other networks and you know how those things are sold and how these things come together. I mean, I I, I don't know, Roberto. I gotta let you go. You got anything? It, else? It's a long game. Yeah, no problem. All no right. problem. Thank you. All right, Rob. All right, Roberto's gone. Six three one. You're on the air. Hey, this is Mike from New York. How you doing? What's going on, man? Nothing. So, you know, I was calling about something else, but hearing the conversation, I'll chime in and say, uh, you know, I I I agree. Going against the NFL is tough. You know, you can't even go into you know a bar, and even if it's a soccer bar. Uh, you know, or a bar where you'd normally catch a game when, when the NFL's not on, there's no way you're getting it turned on in, in, a, in a TV. You just get laughed at. That's one of yeah. the problems. No, I, I realize that. Um, you know, I think, I think what we've got here, Jared, is MLS, you know, uh, Don Garber says what Don Garber says, and, and I'm not really sure I put a lot of stock in, in his words anymore. I mean, he's really more of a salesman than anything else. I think what we've got here is a situation where MLS is starting to realize they're just going to have to really go hard on the niche thing. Let's not, let's not act like, and let's not try to be, um, you know, let's try, let's not try to be bigger than we are. Let's not try. I mean, you, you always want to attract new fans, but what I'm saying is why not just slide directly into where they fit and try to maximize that rather than bouncing around doing, you know, again, this notion that they should be programming themselves to avoid the NFL, that's always going to end in in disaster. I I am far less interested in MLS becoming McDonald's as I am with I'd rather them be In-N-Out. Because In-N-Out is a niche company that only goes into a part of the United States and tries to do a really good job doing one thing simply and in one geographic area. And by doing that, They've created demand for themselves. Yeah. They have they've really captured a segment of the population. And for people that want that from afar, it's desired upon. So I would rather MLS try to be that in and out instead of let NFL be the McDonald's. Yeah, no, let, I, let them I, I do that. You're right. I think I think. Look, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what that means for the ceiling of the league. I don't know that, what that means for the uh, the total growth. I don't know what that means for franchises. I don't know what that means for the total salaries of these teams. Clearly, they need to spend more money on players. But I think you do have a point that it's you know, In and Out never decided that they wanted to go the the McDonald's route. They they knew what they wanted to be, and they did that. As you said, they did that very, very, very well, and it served them. 
It's served them well. I mean, people on the East Coast are constantly talking about, oh, I get to go to L.A. and have In-N-Out. I get to go to Vegas and have In-N-Out. And I'm like, okay, great. Good for you. I, I, I That's what I want the guy watching MLS in, I, I don't know, Austria. Yeah, the, guy, the guy that's getting an international package there is going to go on vacation. Why is here? I want him to think, oh, I'm going to pick up and see a Red Bull game. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I got to go to New York anyway for something. I'm going to pick up and see the NYCFC game. Yeah. I'd rather have that, to be honest with you, and have it be consistent than get overextended the way that you would have to be to really go after the big, the big fish. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sort of with you there. I mean, we can certainly reason that out. Mike, what else you got? Well, you know, I'll just tag, tag, tag onto that conversation again, Jared. The better example, and this might be a little bit of too, too much inside business, is uh, Chick fil A. Yeah. Because Chick fil A, the business model is completely different than any other franchise. So with the MLS, the owners have to know they're not going to make, you know, they're not going to be the same, you know, eating in the same restaurants as the NFL owners, but they'll still have a pretty nice business that they can uh, be proud no, of. The only problem there is that Chick-fil-A doesn't, doesn't uh, they're not open on Sunday, and that's all MLS is doing <laughs> right now. So. <laughs> what else you got? No, that's it. Uh, thanks for your great show. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Right, well, first of all, before I let you go, because I forgot to ask Roberto, what's your, what's your pie of choice? My pie of choice? Yeah, Thanksgiving week. What's your pie of choice? Oh, apple. Okay. All right. I, I feel as though apple's a cop-out, Jared. You think I'm wrong? No, it, is, is, it, is it cop-out if you just say vanilla is your favorite ice cream? It's not yes. necessarily inventive, but if it's yes. your best, is your favorite ice cream, it's your favorite yes. ice cream. Yes, that is boring. You are a boring... If you say vanilla is your favorite ice cream, you are a boring person. Oh, I'm not going to lie. It actually, that's like saying missionary is your favorite position. <laughs> Wait. Okay, never mind. It's not going to go there. We'll just uh, we'll just leave that one to the side. But, oh, yeah. geez, you're a vanilla sexer. Uh, well, okay. Look, let's 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 say that there are many ways. Okay, it's not at least throw a little rocky oh, road in yeah, there. Yeah, no, there's some there's some there's some variation. There's there's many. Okay, well, so every once in a while, your vanilla turns into cookies and cream. You see, you, it's still vanilla base. Damn, dog, that's in a Let, Let's say you're still we, working from a vanilla base. We may, we may, we we may be mixing some things in as we go along before we go back to the vanilla and then come back to just okay, you know, just <laughs> all right. I, you're a man that likes a triple scoop, three different flavors in one cone. <laughs> I get you. I'm not going down. I'm not going down that that like road. Like swirl. Right now, okay. It's a family show. Family show. Damn it. All right, I'm so uh, ice cream. we are talking about pie. We're talking a lot about pie. Uh, all right, so we've oh, the phone lines are going to go. We'll put that out on Twitter again. You, you know, Eddie talked about that the New York side of that a little bit, but I don't want to lose the fact that Columbus played a fantastic game. They did. They absolutely I mean, did. They, that was a really good example of a team knowing exactly who their identity is and not changing. Now, first of all, they didn't have to change because they're playing at home. They should perform like that if you're if you're at home, first game out, nothing to lean, nothing to lose, nothing to gain from one game. So I think, first of all, I love the way Greg Hart Burhalter's teams play. And I think his style, the more I watch it, really lends itself to what the United States national team has to play with. We have speed on the wings, which is what they do. They beat you on the wings all day long. And they play a bucket in the middle. Yeah. You know, and they play withdrawn forward, which Dempsey kind of plays right now. I'd like to get away from that part. But if you think about like a system like Greg Burhalter's and you bring a, an Ethan Finley in, you got a Darlington Nagby kind of like teasing you over on one A. You got the speed of DeAndre Yedlin. And you think of the way that, that, that Greg Burhalter's teams like to play. The only thing that, that the national team is really missing to play his style of ball is two really fast fullbacks or skilled fullbacks going both yeah, ways. Yeah. It, well, I mean, that's the thing though. I'm not sure. Oh, that and a striker that can score. Well, you, you gotta have a striker that you can rely on. Certainly that's what Kai Kamara has been for the Columbus crew this year. 
In terms of the fullbacks, I mean, uh, we're talking about Waylon Francis and and Harrison Eiffel. And yeah. I, I I I guess I guess they are, but they're so high that you kind of lose track of whether or not they can defend at all. Like it almost doesn't matter if they can defend because you're instead of defending with your back four, you're defending with that block of four in the middle. You're defending with with yeah. Trap, Chani, um, Parkhurst, and in this case, uh, on the weekend it was, uh, it was Tyson, Tyson Wall, Wall, but it's going to be Soro. So yeah. that's those are the guys doing and and what you've got in less so in Tyson Wall. Who, um, I mean, it's risky though. I, I would, I would be really hesitant to play that same game as aggressively yeah, watch, against Portland. Watch you them, can get away with against New York. Watch, watch them move. Watch them, watch them shift. Watch them slide as a group. Again, yeah. Trap and Chani having to cover for each other, understanding where, what to do, when to do it. Uh, uh, Parker certainly look. Parker's not a classic center back. He's not six no. four. He's not winning balls in the air. Ne- neither is Tyson Wall. And yet they ate New York alive because they controlled the midfield. Field, and those they couldn't even find Bradley, uh, find Bradley, Bradley Phillips. They Could couldn't find, find him. him. No, absolutely not. And, and yeah, full marks. And a lot of that goes to Dax McCarty, though. He, it was terrible. It was bad. It was the lowest uh, lowest uh, completion percentage of passes for him in any game he's ever played for the Rebels. The more you watch Will Trap, those, isn't it impossible not to see Michael Bradley? I, I see some of that. I don't think he's as physical as Bradley uh, on the turn on on his yeah. first and one and two touch passing yeah. and the simplicity in which he plays, that's where I see it. There's some of you that. know that that ninety percent passer rating kind of thing. You know, like that that simplistic way and the way he like kind of turns in traffic. I think he's got a really good sense of when a guy's around him. Mm-hmm. Really like watching him, and I hope that that's the guy's going to be to the successors for uh, Michael Bradley one All day. Right. So Co- Columbus is up two nothing going to Red Bull Arena, and, and look, I think that's going to be fun. I think the Rebels are really going to uh, push, and I think they're going to make it interesting. And there's going to be twenty five seven thousand people there going nuts at, at Red Bull Arena. What but, does uh, what does New York have to do different though? Well, I mean, no, I think they need to, they do better at their game, and they're they're going to have the energy level up. Higher than Columbus coming out of the gate. Will Perrinell be back for that game? No, he's he's done for the year. Oh wow! Yeah, he's injured and out for the year. So they they have to rely on Zubar, and that that may be the liability that kills them uh, ultimately. But they they're going to be better. I think they're going to be better on Sunday. I don't I don't see how they can't be. Meanwhile, I mean you want you want to give credit to to Columbus absolutely, and they did shut out the Red Bulls. The the Portland Timbers did not shut out FC Dallas, but to drop three on on FC Dallas to take that back with them to uh, Toyota. Field, park, stadium, whatever. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little more surprised about what Portland did than what Columbus did. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with that too. I think that's that's safe to say. I think um, Portland came out uh, guns blazing. Dallas just seemed a little bit off. They looked, they looked a little bit timid, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I'm getting that from, but I just didn't feel like they were on the front foot most, uh, uh, almost at all in that game. I feel like Portland. Uh, very similar to Columbus, and maybe like I said, that's that home team uh, luxury. They came out and just wanted to play their game, and Dallas is going to have to match it or not. And here's the crazy thing about Portland: they like to play the same way Dallas does to a certain great extent. They want to get up and down the field, and that thing was a sprint race for 90 minutes. And in the end, Portland was able to keep the keep keep it going the entire time. They got the better chances, and not just that, but they they were the benefit of a fantastic strike by uh, by Espria. Oh. Aspria, yeah, I mean, oh my lord, he hit that thing with a great knuckle. And when when Dallas comes back two one, I'm thinking, okay, this isn't bad for Dallas. They're going to yeah. go back with a row goal in their pocket, 
one goal to make up on aggregate. They're in pretty decent position for the way they play. Right, at yeah, home. because they go up one nothing. It's that third goal, though. Yeah, they go up one nothing. If if it had been two one and they go up one nothing at home, that's that. I mean, they have the advantage because of the away goal. They have the tiebreaker, and that's all the pressure on Portland. And and Portland has struggled at times when they need goals to really create them. And let's be fair. I mean, as good as Portland was to get three goals, two of those goals came from just bundled in things that the center backs got on the end of. I mean, good for them. I'm not saying it. it, it you, you, yeah, they, you just can't count on that every game. Yeah, you're not going to count on that every game. And it, it's not as though they created those chances from the run of play and, and sort of took the game to his Tassie Dallas on that level. Yeah, and, and Teixeira had a, had a number of uh, chances that he could have done better on up front. Barrios as well. He rounded the, the outside fullbacks a number of times that they just couldn't get on the ends of their crosses. So, I mean, Dallas wasn't out of it in this game, but it just like was you were I guess I was expecting that that obviously the loss of of, of Pereja's mom during midweek yeah. uh, or the last week I, I guess I was expecting that to be a driving force and it almost looked like it was they looked emotionally drained out there uh, maybe I mean I don't, I don't want to put that on him I think that's really hard to judge uh, maybe 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 Pereja having to leave the team and come back really did throw off the rhythm I mean it might have I mean especially when you go away from home if they were in Dallas or they're in Frisco and all of those things happened while, uh, while they were settled at home and, and could have, uh, you know, assistance running, training and everything else. Maybe. But, but when you're, you're getting ready to go on the road, you have to go to, to Portland and he leaves and, and you're, you have to get on the plane a couple days later to go out. I don't mean, maybe that, maybe you're right. Maybe and that's I also think that this is, this is that time where you start to wonder if the youth of this team, who's the guy that's going to be their, their center? Who's their constant? You know, who's the guy that's going to, when you're playing up there in Portland and you have that many people just dominating the crowd and the sound of it and the pressure of it, and these guys haven't done this before. That granted, all the way through this season, they have not let that get to them and they have played beyond their ears. But at some point, you got to wonder if, how's this youth, the youth movement here going to deal with the pressure? Yeah. And they've got a lot of it coming down their way when they come back to Dallas. And we're going to see how these five guys, from the development academy, how they really perform when things are on the line. And yeah. I think that's interesting. They don't have a, uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, a Jack Jewsbury who, by the way, if I would, if you told me Jack Jewsbury was going to start in midfield for Portland Timbers and as they win a, <laughs> a potentially win a Western Conference final, yeah. I'd say you're crazy at the beginning yeah. of the season. But, yeah, sure. and I still don't know that he's good enough day at game in, game out, out, out to play at that level. But what he brings is experience. Yeah. Now, Maturity. Here's, here's what I'm watching for in the second leg, uh, Dallas and Portland. One, as you said, who's the center for Dallas? Who's the guy that's going to pull them along? I think Moro Diaz is a fantastic player, but he's not, you know, he's not Javi Morales. He's not, he's not going to lift that team up by the scruff of his And neck. that's where you almost want to see Blas Perez start. That's almost Maybe. like, not, I don't think he's the best player to start up front, but he gives you that at least. I suppose, yeah. There's there is something to be that said. Guy's that guy's playing some big games. It's that savvy. It's that edge. It's that I, uh, you know, not being scared of any moment. And you, when you have, when you have Uyoa, when you have uh, Kellen Acosta, when you have some of these guys, Jesse, uh, Gonzalez. Jesse uh, G- Barrios, Gonzalez. I mean, these are young guys who haven't been through this before. Maybe, maybe you're right on on that level. The other thing for Portland, I mean, watch what and let, let's see what what Caleb Porter does with his lineup because he didn't have Diego Valeri, he didn't have Rod. 
Rodney Wallace in that first leg, and he got by. He he had a Spria who showed up, great goal, otherwise played pretty well. And he I'm had, honestly not that worried about them not having Valeri. It's the Rodney Wallace okay, one that maybe, I, I but, think well, is no, more important. No, no, no. Wallace was missing in the first leg. He'll be back for the second leg, but you had a very good performance by Espria. So how do yeah. you – and not only that, you do have a question at center back because you've lost Liam Ridgewell. Let's, I don't know if he's going to miss the game. Maybe he's fine. But if he's gone – what do you do? And I suggested this morning, talking to Giannis Mahalik, that maybe he drops Jewsbury back there instead of yeah. putting Paparato back there. Yeah, it's something that they've done before. They also have uh, uh, Beasler's brother uh, there. I forget his name. I, I'm not sure if he's really he's in the midfielder. mix enough to. What's that? He's a midfielder, right? Oh, I thought he's playing the defense for them. No, I think he's. A, I think he's a midfielder. I, I, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know then. that he's played a lot in, in twenty in twenty fifteen. Still coming along as a as a young player. And Will Johnson. I mean, Will Johnson did not start in that game on Sunday. And came in as a late substitute. He's the guy you would think wouldn't get that Jewsberry role um, if he's healthy. And and a lot of people have told me he looks pretty good. He looked good for Canada. What's his role? He may not come back for the team with the team in 2016. But does that mean he's not good enough to start? If you had in a to crucial pick game? the most important player for Portland Timbers, who is it? I mean, I still think he's Darlington Nagby. He does so much of that. Remember, we, we used to talk all the time about how Leonard Donovan's value wasn't just in how many times he touched the ball, how many passes he made, or how many goals he scored, or how many shots he took. It was in changing the focus of an Man- entire managing the imminent threat. It was it was the it was the it was the it was the the, the head turning impact of of that player. He had defenders and midfielders watching him at all times. Where's Landon Donovan? Where's Landon Donovan? I gotta keep my head on a swivel for Landon Donovan. He's gonna make a run. Oh, look, he's got the ball. We gotta swarm him. We gotta get the ball out. And what does that do? That creates, uh, space and opportunities for other players. Even if Nagby's not touching the ball as much as you'd like him to, he has to be accounted for more than anybody else on that team. And I think he is the black hole, meaning he's the gravitational pull of that team. I'm going to go differently. I'm going to go with Diego Chara. I think that he has been excellent the second half of the season. And I think what you're seeing in this matchup, and I've said before, I think Victor Yoa may be the best homegrown player that people aren't talking about. Sure. But I think Diego Chara's better than him. Just straight up better than him. And I think you saw that in the, in, in the first game, the way yeah. Diego Chara can neutralize a threat better than Yuloa can. And he gets up and down. The way. You'll see him on both end lines. I mean, he'll track all the way back, go all the way the other way. And I just think he's the heart of that team. Duh and, so, and or hello. Sorry, go ahead. In, in the same way that I think a lot of people don't keep him in the same regard, but I think he's in the same regard as Ozzy Alonso. Yeah, I think, I think he's probably near that. Shalani Alonso's been hurt enough that maybe Chara has reached that point now. And, and Chara's out, he's absolutely a goal threat occasionally. I think you have to watch out for that as well. By the way, Nick Beasler, just to, to clarify here, did not play a game for the Timbers in 2015. He played with uh, Portland Timbers 2 25 times. So I don't think he's going to be playing in the playoffs, but he is a, he is a Timbers player, just to put that out there. Defender or midfielder? He's a midfielder. He is, he absolutely is a midfielder. Uh, he went, uh, came in from Notre Dame. All right. So. So we've seen the two lower seeds take advantage of the home leg first, Jared. You've made that argument several times that maybe the higher seeds should have the option. Do you really, yeah. do you, do you think that the Red Bulls or the, or FC Dallas would have chosen to play at home first? I don't know. I, I think if I, when I, if I put myself in, in a coach's position, I think I would like to. And I understand why they don't because when it comes to the numbers of it, all the people that are were responsible for the money want that extra week to say and sell tickets. Yeah. You know, and that's what it's about. It's a ticket thing. It's not a, a real home field advantage thing. If I if it's a if it's a if it's a result based decision, I play first. 
I want to know exactly where I stand, put my front foot forward. I know everyone's healthy. You know, I can game plan for this for two weeks because there's a bye week in between. I'm going to come out ready to go with everything in front of me and all the things at my disposal. I think that the teams make the decision based on the ticket sales yeah. and they put themselves in a bad position. Now you have the two best teams statistically of the season playing in a hole next yeah. week. Yeah. Well, Robert from LA is on the line. What's up, Robert? Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, uh, by any chance, uh, before I say what I want to say, uh, Jared, you were talking about, uh, the higher seed game, the away, go, away, uh, playing away first and then getting a home game second. Yeah. Uh, real fast, uh, I was talking with Jason earlier about this. If you're the higher seed, don't you get, I mean, some teams don't take it, but you get the opportunity to gain the away goal first. And I don't feel like that many teams bring that up. But if, if you're a coach, are you playing for a away goal or are you playing for a result? Is it what does it tell your team if you're playing for an away goal? Uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But if you're a higher seed, that means you were pretty good on the road and away home. Have you and seen the road. way the LA Galaxy, the, the last year's champions, seed. played? Well, you play some of the teams, so I, I know what you're saying. Uh, I was just that was a good point. I, I mean, just, the LA Galaxy won won a few championships without any ability to play on the road. Let's just let's just agree that. It does not seem as though there's a clear-cut advantage either way. Let's just, I'm just say that. All I'm saying is that give a that. team an option. Okay. All right, yeah, and that's why if there's no clear-cut advantage to playing at home in the second leg, then give the higher seed the, the option. Let the team determine what their advantage or, is. That's or, all I'm saying. Or, as has been suggested many times, the higher seed it gets the tiebreaker. For, forget away goals, the higher seed has the tiebreaker. Oh, that's like playing with a one goal lead. That's kind of too much, I think. You do? You think that's too much? It's like playing with a one goal lead. Okay. All right. Any, any tie, they win. Yes, that's true. You're like spotting them a goal. I think that might be going a little too far the other way, but, I, but all I'm saying but, but is I can't you, see a downside to it. You also just make, giving them the option. You also make the regular season matter more then, because if you're a higher seed, you got that, that advantage going into two legs. And there's a look, there's, there's two two legged series in the playoffs. You play a, a, if you're in the knockout round, you play a one-off. If you're in the MLS Cup final, you play a one-off. It would matter just in the semis and the, and the conference finals. So, what it would also do is it'll pretty much eliminate, uh, penalties. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know if that's, if that's good or bad. I mean, right now, what, what are we looking I've at? I've loved watching penalties this year. You, I have loved watching penalties oh, no, they've this been, year. They've, they've been, been, they've been great. They've been great. Uh, you, the Red, if the Red Bulls, uh, win two nothing on Sunday, we, we go to extra time and potentially penalties. Uh, uh, and by the way, remember, away goals do not, uh, are not a tiebreaker if scored in, in extra time. They don't. So yeah. if, if, uh, if Columbus scored an extra time goal and New York scored one, it wouldn't be Columbus with a tiebreaker. It'd be going to, to, to penalties. Yeah. Um, in the other side of things, because FC Dallas has the away goal, if they win two nothing, they win the series. Um, so it's incumbent, I guess it's incumbent upon Portland to score then. I mean, unless you think you can shut them out. Unless you think you can just keep, because if FC Dallas gets the first goal and it's one nothing, oh my God, look at the pressure, Jared. Think about the pressure. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of pressure there. So Robert, you didn't hear our, our conversation until you got on, so I know you called for something else to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, it was uh, two things uh, real fast. Uh, the first one is, uh, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but it was uh, DeAndre Yedlin. He was like, he made these statements saying how since he hasn't played that much in uh, since going over to England, he's called it a roadblock uh, of his development and career. And then pretty much, like, uh, he was, like, blasted by, like, the, you know, the English press. And then he kind of told the English press to shut up. And I, I just thought it was a very naive thing. That he's Robert, now, let, like, let me know, ask you one question about that, Robert. Where I'm did a, you, Robert, let me, let me ask you one question on that. Did you read the headline or did you read the article? 
the well, I was reading other people who reported on it. Okay, so but, uh, I'm, I'm letting you know if you actually read the quote and you read the article, it's not that inflammatory. They took one little bit of it and they made it into a a, a blurb. I mean, if you read it, I mean, he is not at all. I, I didn't take it as negative or discounted, uh, talking bad on Spurs or the system or anything like that. I think he talked about it as a mental roadblock for him. And I think that the, the full quote kind of gives it a little bit different spin than the, the one-line header. Try to get, I gotta, uh, I'm trying to, to read this. I got a stupid ad, so give me a second. Apologies for that. Uh, all right, there we go. Get rid of it. Uh, here's the quote. From when I started with Seattle all the way through the World Cup, everything has gone pretty smoothly. And then there was this roadblock. I've never experienced that before. So it was time that I really had to learn about myself and figure out how to get through it. I- I'm with Jared. That doesn't sound like he's saying there's anything about Spurs that's been a roadblock. It's about DeAndre Yedlin learning how to be a professional in that environment. How to be a man. To go, to go get his playing time. Go go get your piece, DeAndre, and I think that's what he's saying. Uh, I, I think there's no problem here at all, Robert. Oh, it, okay. All right. Well, it just felt like it, it felt like uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a little naive. Well, well maybe it's maybe uh, it's, 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 you, That's a fair. I think that's a fair statement because the world was nothing short of people telling DeAndre Yedlin, "Hey, that contract comes with sitting the bench." Yeah, I mean. He may have, he may have, he may have been naive in what he said, but the problem with that, Jared, how many times, especially in England, especially in England, do we bemoan the fact that, that athletes and, and, and players never say anything interesting? They never say anything interesting. They go, yeah, it's good to, to get out here. Hopefully, uh, can get a win today. Just trying to do the best for the team. Yeah, I, you know, I just, uh, do what the, the gaffer says and, and hopefully we can get a win. Because why? Because that crap happens. Because DeAndre Yedlin says yeah. something about a roadblock, meaning his own personal roadblock he has to get over so his career can progress. And the press takes it and twists it. And then the world comes down on DeAndre Yedlin's oh, head. DeAndre Yedlin's a head case. You yeah. see this guy? Nah, what a, what a jerk. Does he think that he gets a free pass and just, why is he whining? What the hell's wrong with DeAndre Yedlin? Look at how the Americans make players, Jared. And by Robert, we're not saying that's you, but I know that happened out there. I know that happened. I read people making those reactions, and I think that it it is a bit naive for DeAndre Yedlin, first of all, to say that, knowing that he should know at this point how things are going to be taken out of context. I'm not saying he has to change the way he is as a person or how he talks as a person, but you would hope the media training to this point would let him know that you got to be careful with things like that. But it's also media just getting sensationalism. And guess what? I clicked on that link. I clicked on it. Yeah, so did I. (laughs) There you go. Robert, that that tells you the story. One more thing first. Yep. Go ahead, man. All right. uh, It's it's, it's, for Jared. Uh, I found this out the other day. Did you hear uh, David Beckham made a people's magazine, sexiest man alive. And I just thought it was uh, when I, when I saw it the other day, uh, the other week, I was just thinking of like an image of Don Garber screaming, saying like, "Oh, why couldn't he have done this like three years ago when he was still in MLS?" Yeah, he's not. He if he came into MLS right now, he wouldn't be the sexiest man in MLS. No, Sebastian no. Legette is so much sexier, <laughs> sexier than David Beckham. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. If, if we really did this seriously, and and, and yeah, I mean, whatever. and I would tell you, Perinelle would be pretty. That's close where as well. I, that's where I was gonna go. I would go with David, with, with Perinelle. Certainly, Legette gets in the mix. I still look. I still think Benny Failhaber is, is underrated. What, what's going on with with, with that? I, I mean, think I think he has. I, I don't like his commitment to a style. Okay, my you, man has got too many looks. No, but that but that just Beckham-esque though. Someone seems to think you have talent, but unfortunately, this is Los Angeles. I need more than talent. I need stars. Man, if if Sebastian Legette played for the L.A. Riot, Jared, 
How big would he be in L.A.? He'd be oh, there'd huge. Be so many, there'd be so many hot dogs and donut holes. Oh it'd be crazy. Oh, my God. It would just be, it'd be absolutely Playing crazy. hot dogs and donuts with two fangirls in the locker room. Uh, Robert, what else, man? Uh, also, yeah, one more thing I was thinking about uh, real fast. You know how uh, in, uh, this last week uh, when El Clasico happened and then, like, Real Madrid lost and then people were waving uh, white handkerchiefs? Uh, I was just thinking about, like, you know, when, when Galaxy beat LAFC, are the LAFC millennials going to throw their white fedoras on the crowd? Okay, Robert. Appreciate the phone call, man. <laughs> what would LA do? Though? I guess fedoras would be good, but uh, here's the thing: those fedoras that people want in LA, they cost like 250 bucks. They ain't throwing them on anywhere. They yeah, pay way I, too much money to be a douche. You know what I saw today uh, on Twitter huh? just before we came on the air? What's that? Glitter beards. Have you seen this one? No. What is that? So it's basically dudes with the big long beards, you know, the Nat Borchers oh, style with glitter God. all in their beards. Like, okay, like, let me, let me, let me give you a pick your poison on bad man, man decisions. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me just, uh, I'm not, uh, my finger. Yeah, get my, my finger to respond the way it's supposed worst, to. Worst, which is a worse man fashion move? Glitter beard? Yeah. Or fake man bun? Have you seen the fake man bun? I have. I have. I think glitter beard is worse. Okay, I, I think it is. Uh, first of all, first impression: I walk into a room. I, I'm 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 introducing myself to a lot of people, or some guy is. Some I would never do this. So let's imagine somebody walks into a room. He, he's walking towards me. He's gonna he's gonna introduce himself to me. He says, "Oh look, that's Jason Davis from the Best Soccer Show. I'm gonna go talk to him." I have no idea he's wearing a fake man bun until he turns around to go hit, get himself some punch. Right. I think by talking about more, you're right. I don't know that he is, but I think it's the douchier move because you're not even douche enough to grow your own. You have to have a prosthetic. No, I, I realize that. It's definitely a commitment to a douchey thing that makes no sense to me. But the beard is, I think the beard is worse. I think the beard screams, I need attention. I'm not confident enough in myself. Not only did I grow this immensely long, disgusting beard. I have a beard, is by the way. Is there a my... version of this for our generation, J- Jason, that when we were growing up, how did we peacock? Man. How did it, before, in the age of before fedoras, well, man buns, we, we, glitter beards, we how did we peacock? It. We talked about the rat tail that was definitely peacocking on some. Now we yeah, were, there was a rat tail. But here's the thing. The, 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 the sweet spot age-wise for the rat tail was like... 10 years old nobody was rat. oh t- no yeah it was young yeah nobody was wearing a rat tail in high school that wasn't a thing you did um i'm trying to think well and nobody's growing a beard i, th- I think a car in. was kind of our generation of peacocking I, I guess i mean i remember like you had to have like people wanted to have the jordans for that reason it was clothes mostly i think mostly clothes right yeah, yeah, I guess so, man. But man, it, it just were we just not adventurous enough? Like these dudes are rocking glitter. In well, their okay. First of all, these guys are these guys are in their late twenties, early thirties. They have no excuse from the adults. I mean, who we're probably, would be the most likely MLS player to rock a glitter beard? By the way, beard on the field. Hold on. By the way, just danger zone. If we happen to have any listeners out there who are of the glitter beard kind of, uh, you know, age and, and have, cons- I'm sorry. Please listen to the show. We're not trying to run you off. I mean, I, I want to scare away our glitter beard uh, contingent, Jared. I mean, these, these are important listeners to the program, right? Oh, wait, they're probably not listening to us. All yeah, right, no, no, I hear they're a huge money spending demographic that uh, all the advertisers are going uh, Yeah, so, okay. I, I hear that, uh, yeah, I hear that maybe they listen to some other podcasts. Okay, fine, whatever. Screw the guys with the glitter beards. What the hell are you thinking? Um, who's the guy? Glitter, that, glitter con. Who's the guy? Who's the guy who would beard con? Who's the guy who would most likely rock a glitter beard in MLS? It, 
You know, I, I kind of want to go out to oh, the- First of all, he's white, right? Oh, he's absolutely white. 100% white. He has white. to be white. Oh, he's absolutely white. I mean, Andrew Farrell can pull off a mean beard. Andrew Farrell's not putting glitter in his beard. No, that, he's way too much of a man for no, glitter. No, Um, man, I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm thinking like Liam Ridgewell. Okay, Liam Ridgewell, but I, I get, I get the sense that Liam, Liam Ridgewell's kind of more of a, an English lad. Like, I don't know the guy. But I kind of think of him in that area, like which is like the English version of a bro. And a bro's not putting glitter in his beard, Jared. No, maybe not. Man, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling to yeah, think I'm of struggling. who, who, the, right, who you know, the right choice you, for you this know, is. If he, could, if he grew it all, I think Lee Wynn would What about Breck Shea? Okay, Breck Shea would 100% do it. I think Lee Wynn would do it. I think Lee Wynn would do it. I guess, I guess it. Lee Wynn doing it. He, I, I have a feeling that Breck Shea would do it for the status and Lee Wynn would do it for the laugh. Okay. Uh, Maybe I don't know. I get the feeling Lee Wynn really enjoys peacocking the way. What we about do. my man Zardes going with a glitter fro? I uh, I could see him doing that. I could see him putting some glitter up in that blonde piece. I could see him doing that. Yeah, think yeah. of how easily your grandma could see you then. Yeah, I I could see. Th- there's got to be somebody on the San Jose roster right now who would rock the glitter beard. There's and there's got to be somebody in Seattle who would rock the glitter beard. Like, do you, do you think that just be, because of who he is and because of how long he's been a Seattle Sounder, Zach Scott would pull out a, a glitter beard just for fun? Oof, that wasn't the one I was thinking of. I was thinking more of a Chad Barrett cuz he he has something to stay keep him relevant <laughs> relevant and like out there Man, talking cold, about him. It's cold about Chad Barrett. He's been an important piece to the Seattle Sounders system. But come on. Come on. Uh, he's important piece to the, to, to the, to the checkbook of it. I okay, mean, he's good, right. good return on investment. That's all right, for sure. All right. All right. So, uh, we've got a bunch of stuff we haven't hit on yet. We're getting close to about the 10 minute warning. So I want to make sure that we get, uh, you know, it's 80 minutes on the clock. We got to, it's, it's not really, it's less than that, but it's 80 minutes on the clock and we got to get our substitutes in here. So you tell me, we've done the playoffs. We covered that today. Velko Panovich. Let me get that right. Named head coach of the Chicago Fire, Jared, in uh, just a couple of Who? minutes here. Well, okay, he played with the Union for, he played a little bit with the Union 2011. So he's been here briefly. <sighs> he just took the Serbian U-20s to the World Cup title. So you, you know, there's something there. This, this guy, is more Chicago than a bratwurst in your belly. <laughs> is it really? Because if it was, if he was Polish, the way Novak's Pol, you know, that. No, no, it's more Chicago in that this is the perfect thing the Chicago Fire would do. I, it's just, you get the most head scratching. I don't huh? think it is though. I Higher. Think, I don't think he's that. Okay, he's definitely outside of the normal box, but I don't think it's that head scratching when you look at who he is, where he comes from, and his pedigree. And it's the guy, not a third biggest market in the country move. Okay, what it? What would be Jared? Jason Christ? Yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Maybe Jason but, Christ wanted but, to but throw money. down the La Havre money and get Bob Bradley over there. Well, that's not happening. You know that wasn't happening, but yeah. I mean, I think they should have made a play. I don't know if they did or not, but they should have. All right. Well, there it is. I think it's interesting. I think it should give the fire fans some hope. I talked to Nelson Rodriguez today. You you know, he's, he's an interesting guy. He's very ponderous in the way he sort of explains his thought process, but a lot of it makes sense. That's a dude that'll never get caught saying roadblock. (laughs) Probably. No, definitely not. Savvy. Yeah. There you go. Uh, speaking of MLS coaches, and we'll, we'll come to a couple of these other points here in a minute. Wait, wait, first, while you're in Chicago, is there any chance that they get Carlos Vela? 
Oh, no, no, not Chicago. That was Colorado. I apologize. Well, no, Sorry. but but I mean, Chicago, Chicago would be a more natural landing spot than Carlos than, than Colorado for Carlos Vela. Although Colorado apparently has the discovery claim, so it's going to be all about whether or not Colorado wants to sign him and trade. You know, do the do the trade thing for his rights. I, I don't know. Uh, it's a money grab for Colorado. I, they have no intention, no ability to sign him, you and he has no intention of going there. Yeah, this is a way for them to make some money maybe, when someone else maybe. brings him in. Uh, look, I'm writing something about this. I'm going to hit both sides, both possibilities from the. It's never going to happen. That's the one that makes sense. It's never going to happen. They don't want to spend the money on Carlos Vela. They never have spent that money. Why would they do it now? Sort of take. I that's... mean, it didn't work well with Neri Castillo when they tried that. That was Colorado. We're talking about Chicago. We're talking... I know. I'm talking about Chicago. I'm saying if Chicago, Chicago wanted to go for a Vela type, let's say if Vela's available, look, but here's he'd be more likely to go to Chicago than Colorado. Right. Okay. That that's what I'm saying is Colorado may be bluffing here with the negotiations to get something out of a trade. But yeah. they could trade with Chicago. And remember, Chicago was ready to step up for Jermaine Jones, lost out on the, the blind draw, and they were ready yeah. to step up on Didier Drogba, and they lost out on that one as well. So Always, always a bridesmaid. Always a bride. Maybe they can it's, get like, it's like John Hughes is writing their story. Yeah, may, maybe. Yeah, that, that, and by the way, he would have been a perfect candidate. Which, where's John Hughes? He's like... He's so, dead, dude. Is he dead? Yeah, he oh. died like like five, six, seven years ago, yeah. something like that. Damn it. Okay, well, then he wouldn't be a candidate for new fire coach, which was a hashtag bouncing around before they made the announcement, because I had John Belushi, which is just kind of, just kind of, uh, no, sorry, Jim Belushi, which is me. Because if I said put John Belushi. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be, I was about Baz Bassi and John Hughes. <laughs> Apparently, what is, what is, what is, what is, what is, what is wrong with this? Danger Zone! All right. Uh, uh, you want to talk about coaches. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna use that as a segue to mention that there's an article, which I have not read. And I'm sorry I haven't read Ooh, it. Let's talk about it then. I like the, I like responding to articles I haven't read yet, but I've seen the, hi- the headline. Peter Vermees has overseas interest. Did you see that? I can believe that. I mean, I don't know where overseas, but I could see that. I mean, he's a tactically sound coach. I think out of most of the teams you watch in MLS, his teams, you can definitely say have some of the best structure and discipline. Okay. Um, I, I just don't know if they always have the talent to, to, to bring it, take it all the way. I think they were missing that one piece that could have really brought him over the edge, the Kai Kamara piece, right. you know, um, but in, in, in the end, I think that, uh, I, I could see that. And okay. if, if I, if I'm Peter Vermees too, and I see Jurgen Klinsmann on the hot seat, I'm telling my publicist to drop this in anyway, so maybe, maybe the U.S. starts paying some attention to me. All right. It says Vermees has been contact with, in contact with an international agent, which just, I mean, if you're an international soccer agent, I mean, is there a cooler job on the planet? Like, I don't know. Uh, and they're, you know, they're obviously leeches. Yeah, I would say model oil boy. Okay, fine. Uh, Vermees has been contact, in contact with an international agent recently because there are two, t- there are teams in Europe who are interested in bringing him over as a head coach. Now, it doesn't say manager, it says head coach. I don't know if that's semantics or whatever. We call them head coaches. Usually they call them managers. I don't know. No specifics were provided as to which teams have an eye on the Sporting Kansas City boss, but two English Premier League clubs and one European country's national teams are reported to be in the mix. I think that might be stretching. I mean, that's, 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 that's big, that's big, that's, you know, that's, that's not little, that's big. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I see that stepping stone out there for him, but I, I definitely don't, don't hate the fact that he would be out there and give a chance to do that. I think Bob Bradley's breaking down some barriers for uh, U.S. coaches out there. I just, Bob Bradley's coming from two national team stints though, and that's what it took for him to do it. I'm not sure that Sporting Kansas City is really going to be impressing that much overseas. All right. And, and um, but by the way, he could ease just as easily be Bob Bradley or Precky, who 
who knows where he's at? Yeah, you know, it was so weird. Like, I, I, I took it upon myself, the campaign, where's Precky? Okay. I, I made, I made that one of my, uh, cause celebre, as the French like to say. Okay. It was my, it was my thing. I was pushing it. I wanted to know where Precky was. Nobody knew where Precky was. He had quit in Sacramento. It was a whole thing. Then we get a report from Grant Wall that says, oh, he's, He's in England with his boy, his Serbian friend, who's got a bunch of money, and they're going to invest in a club. I feel like and, he's Edward Snowden. And it was he's like, just like in a hotel or well, no, he somewhere. He took all the steam out of where's Precky, but we haven't heard. Now it's been like two months and nobody knows where Precky. I mean, we don't, we, we've heard that he's in England, but that doesn't mean we know where he is. It doesn't mean we know what he's doing. And he, we got a, another Serbian guy getting a job in MLS. Where's Precky? Where is Precky? Anybody yeah, know? You got to be careful, Peter. It means you can easily get Preckied out there in the middle of nowhere. Maybe. 423, you're on the air. Hey guys, Andrew from Chattanooga. What's going on, Andrew from Chat? Oh, Chattanooga, the famous Chattanooga, which Don Garber recently insulted, Jared. Yeah, they had it coming. <laughs> Andrew, go ahead. That's uh, actually what I was calling about. I know you guys are darts. So I don't know if you touched on it at all, but I was curious if you guys had any thoughts on, uh, you know, Twitter. You know, honestly, I missed up. most of that. I was traveling when that went down. I just know that Don Garber said something disparaging and we're comparing. A small market to Chattanooga or something like that? No, well, okay. So so Don Garber was up there at that con, Jared, and he made a comment about... Littercon, yeah. Somebody asked him about, about Pro-Rel, and he said, you know, we can't have uh, so-and-so a team spending uh, all this money, investing in all this money, and then, like, you know, the Can- Sporting Kansas City ending up playing in Chattanooga in front of 4,000 fans. That's what he said. Uh, the problem with this, the reason that people got upset, and I'll certainly ask Andrew his perspective as a Chattanoogan, is that sounds delicious by the way uh, uh, is yeah, is full of Chattanooga and peanuts nougat in, yeah Chattanooga in there um, is that Chattanooga has done really really well and, and got 19,000 out to the championship game for uh, for NPSL and, and did all this great stuff and it's really well supported considering their level and it felt to some people like Garber was singling out Chattanooga as sort of a diss Jared um, I, I, I guess my only question is did Garber make this in the dark, like he was just picking a small market and it happened to say Chattanooga, which is probably the worst uh, uh, That's choice the problem. he could have made. That's the problem. Or was it a calculated statement on I, I think, an NPSL market? I think your I think your perspective on that issue goes directly to whether or not you like Don Garber, think he's doing a good job. You don't have to like him. Think well, he's here's, the, here's the funny thing. Uh, Chattanooga's a funny name. It's a funny name. No, it is. Bugs it Bunny is. talked about Cucamonga all the time, right? And I live next to Cucamonga. And yeah. so if I live right here, yeah. I could take offense to Bugs Bunny talking about Cucamonga. Well, I always the fact say, of the matter is, it was a podunk town that sounded funny, yeah. that was that it was funny to get a laugh. I, I, always I say, don't know if Don Garber's using Chattanooga like that. That's that's kind of that my I don't think that okay and the other side Sorry of this, to call your city podunk my man uh, the the other side of this is that um you know the people who are advocating for for an integrated pyramid suggest that Garber is actively trying to dismiss the possibility of a of a city like Chattanooga having a team that could climb up the ranks by using that name but here's the thing when have you ever seen Don Garber burn a bridge I don't think well Chattanooga's uh, yeah, I, I don't think that this was calculated. That's my gut. I don't know for sure. I, I don't think it was. Andrew, do you think it was? I have a hard time believing it's calculated. You'd have to be pretty... I don't know. I don't think it was calculated. Dumb? I think it was a pretty poor... poor the exact opposite of what the point he was trying to prove. Sure. Um, he, he said stadium of 4,000 people on a crappy field with no fans makes no sense. That's the end of his quote. And not one of those things is true, which 
I mean, we would, number one, Sporting Kansas City, who he used, would have to drop down. We'd have to not have one crappy season. They would have to have three crappy seasons. We're in the fourth <laughs> division, right. not the second division, number one. And then number two, it's a state-of-the-art yeah. turf field, yeah. which, again, it's still turf, but well, it's as good a- as anybody's Andrew, turf. And I- then... Yeah, go ahead. I think I think where I go with this is that rather than than believe there's some hostility on Don Garber's part towards towards Chattanooga, I think that it's for I think for, and this is not a defense of Don Garber and certainly the the pro rel advocates out there will find fault in this completely and I don't necessarily disagree with them here. This is 100% Don Garber just being dismissive of the idea of pro rel, regardless. Period. End of story. He doesn't need to worry himself with the details of dropping three divisions. It's because or, he's a realist. Well, no, it's because he's because he works for the guys who have spent millions of dollars making the top division, making MLS work, and are so unlikely to sign off on pro rel. It doesn't even matter to him what the actual details are. That's that's what this is. And people want to hold up Don Garber as some, like, because he's the MLS commissioner, he has some responsibility to sort of be a custodian of the game. No. No, he's paid to protect MLS's interest. He is a custodian of MLS full stop. Now, if you have a problem with MLS and their influence over American soccer, fine. Yes. Be upset. Yell at U.S. soccer. This is not an MLS issue. This is a U.S. soccer issue. And I also think we talked about Nelson Rodriguez being media savvy. How often did you ever see Don Garber not be as the savviest dude in front of a camera or in front of a mic? I mean, I think he made a mistake on this one, and I think it's rare that you see this happen. And I think that he got caught with his foot in his mouth on this. I I think he was talking off the cuff, and he made a poor mistake and chose a, a poor comparison. And he's getting lit up, rightfully so. He's getting lit up for not having his homework at the front of his brain when he was talking. Yeah, I think that's fair. Andrew, anything else? Nope, that's it, fellas. All right, appreciate What's the, the plan for Chattanooga next season, man? What are you guys going to do? How's it looking? Do you guys sell more season tickets? Uh, I don't know how ticket sales are looking. They haven't actually started selling season tickets. New Jersey drops, so season tickets will drop. The sales will drop at that time, so we'll find out. Um, new merch lines rolling out. A lot of players have already recommitted a lot earlier than past years. We had a supporters group meet up tonight, and you know things are already rocking and rolling, and we got to wait until May. So. What what's, what spells We're, success for Chattanooga in 2016 for for Andrew? What do you see? What success look like for Chattanooga next season? Winning an MPSL title and defending our current Hank Steinbrecher Cup championship, which is the I, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to push it further, dude. Team. You guys need to you guys need to make it a distance in the U.S. Open Cup. So we beat we're the we were the first MPSL team to ever beat a USL side. We've now done that two years in a row. We came within one what I would say blown call of beating the Silverback in Chattanooga this last year. So hopefully we'll pull a, a more than just a pro scout next year and make a a better run, um, maybe beating an NASL side and getting to go play. I mean we were three minutes eighty seventh minute from going and playing the uh, Red Bulls in New York. So we'd love to do that again. Mm-hmm. All right, Andrew, appreciate the call, man. I'm looking at the uh, – thanks for the call. I'm looking at the open letter from the uh, the director of the Chattanooga Football Club to Don Garber in relation to these comments. Is it, is it written in Comic Sans? No, it, it's it's uh. fine. I mean, it's making points about – you know, it's responding to each one of his points. Now, this guy apparently was at was up there at GlitterCon, so he, um, he was in the house uh, when, uh-huh. when Garber made these – statements and by the way i i I mean i would love for them to to come to to best soccer show con which isn't going to happen but uh hopefully well maybe one day we'll we'll see uh it wouldn't be about us it wouldn't be best soccer show con it'd be like 
I don't know. It'd be something else, and we'd happen to be there. Uh, I, I'd love to get uh, to get that guy on our show, or or Con- at least talk Contastico. To him. Their their badge is legit. Like I'm 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 thinking I'm thinking I need some merch, my friend. Have you seen this? Go Dude, go look. I, I I would take merch from anyone. Yeah, I, I have yet to I get know. merch, and you got like a swag bag I, I full of bookshelves I, behind I, you I, of, I, of I, stuff I, you've okay. gotten. All right, everybody, everybody who has has merch, please. Keep in mind that Jared Dubois very much likes soccer stuff, and he. Uh, I, no, here's the, here's my thing. I am far bigger shill than you are. I am shameless. <laughs> like I I don't care. I have a I have a, a listener who sent me a, a Orlando City Ooh. SC magnet, fridge could, magnet. I it's could, on my fridge. I could see you wearing this in too. my Galaxy house. Uh, you, I have a OCSC magnet on my fridge just because that dude did thought of me. Yeah. Are you a Are you a Are you a cap kind of guy? Like a baseball cap kind of guy? You're not really, are you? Uh, only backwards. I don't. It doesn't look okay. right with me on the bill right. going yeah, forward. I could see you wearing this mesh back uh, CFC hat. I can see you. No, someone needs to hook me up. Some beanies man. in here, some nice beanies. Yeah, this is some good gear, man. Polo shirt. I don't want another polo shirt. But these t-shirts aren't bad. Ooh, this Fort Finley, which I guess is their stadium. It's nice. That's a badass name for a stadium. Well, I mean, I think it's probably like Finley Stadium, but they call it Fort Finley. So no, that's yeah, I like that. Yeah, there you go. All right, so we are rapidly running out of time. In fact, we're over time at this point. Um, I'm looking at the list, Jared. I don't know if you even saw it before we jumped on the air. Uh, anything that else that you want to touch on? No, I think we hit the big stuff. I mean, I think we did a, the, 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 the listing public a solid by hitting all the big stuff. There's some stuff we're not going to get to, but I think we did a good job covering the, right. the, the right. topics. We're going to, we're going to roll on. We're going to do a, bo- a bonus, right? Are we doing a bonus? Yeah, okay. as long as Trevor puts it out. <laughs> Did he not put the last one out? Or I can't remember. No, there's a there's a bonus episode like in the there's can a, there's somewhere. There's a lost bonus episode. It, it's a lost bonus episode in which Jason Davis tells the story of his girlfriend. Just, just my girlfriend. Meeting your parents. Meeting oh, parents. yeah, yeah. I meet, I met her parents. Yeah, you missed, you guys missed out on the meet, on, on, on the fact that I met the Puerto Rican parents. Wow. That's, yeah, man. Okay. Well, it's too bad for the listeners. You know, let's get on, uh, we'll, 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 we'll put some pressure on Trevor Hayward to put that out and we'll record another one and, uh, hopefully that one gets out as well. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you. By the way, we have signed up. A sponsor for the best soccer show. I'm very excited. I'm not sure exactly when our campaign is. it finalized? Is I heard rumors. Okay. I didn't know if it was finalized. Well, maybe, is it's, it? maybe it's not finalized. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I can't tell you it, what it is. It is. It's, it's a sponsor that if it comes off, it's uh, going to make me in an awkward position. Well, I was going to say that it, it feels like one of those things that's right up Jay Rodius's alley, but actually turns out not to be. And, and maybe we'll explain why. Although you, I mean, it couldn't be more awkward for me unless it was a cheese sponsor. But there are other, there are other things that I think you may be on board no, with. No, and I'm down. I'm down to to see where it goes, though. I'm open Good. to uh, experimentation. Let's right. put it that way. If you are interested in sponsoring the best soccer show, we're always open to it. We need sponsors to keep us going. Uh, hit up Trevor Hayward. Hit us up on Best Soccer Show on Twitter. Uh, by the way, go do the the rating and review thing. That helps us out a lot as well. Jared, anything else? I'm, I'm That's rolling it, late. Man. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Playing hot dogs and donuts with two fangirls in the locker room. Jay Rodius.